Welcome to Lift City Church Podcast, where we lift people into their next level relationship with Christ. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we're believing God that this message lifts you to another level. And so today, I want to talk to you about what to do when you have sown your seed. What are you supposed to do now that you have sown your seed? Because what happens is, a lot of times, we'll sow our seed, and then we'll do nothing else. Do you realize once you sow your seed, there are some things that you should be doing? So let's go to the word. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. While you're getting that, I want you to say this with me. Say, say with me, say this. Say, I'm about to find out what I'm supposed to do now that I've sown my seed. Now, how many of y'all really want to know what you're supposed to do now that you've sown your seed? Come on, raise your hand, wave your hand at me. Now, how many of you all want a harvest from your seed? Oh, oh, y'all want to sow without a harvest? Okay, well, let's look at what the Bible says, Genesis 8, 22. This is why it's important for me to teach you the word. This is why it's important for you not to be constantly preached at, but taught the word. And the truth of the matter is, there are, quite frankly, subliminal, subliminal and sometimes very obvious challenges with pastors and talking about pastors and ministry in church, talking about money in church. Do y'all understand that we have to talk about money in church? There are several reasons why we have to do that. Number one, because it takes money to run this. Y'all hear the air conditioning over there? It takes money to do that. Uh, let me ask y'all a question. Have y'all electricity bill gone up? Raise your hand if your electricity, everybody say, loud. Right, right. Guess who else electricity went up? The churches. So well, what's my point? My point is saying that it takes money for us to operate and do ministry. Does everybody understand that? It amazes me of the 30-something years that I've been in ministry, it's like the people of God forget that just like it takes money to run your own house, it takes money to run the house of God. Somebody say amen. amen. I can't get no amens out of y'all today, but in a little while, when you see how this is going to impact your life, everybody going to be up hollering amen. I need you to be shouting right now and saying amen, right? And so the Bible makes a promise to us over here in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. I like reading from the Amplified Version. This is what it says. It says, while the earth remains, is the earth still here? Okay, so here's a promise from God in the very beginning of the book, the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis. This is not something that God came up with later. He came up with it in the beginning. He said, while the earth remains, there's going to be seed, time, and harvest. Now, they have that word seed time as a compound, but in my view and based upon my study of scripture, I will submit to you that it should be seed, space, then time, and harvest. Not seed time, as in there's no time between the seed and the harvest. Because in any farming uh, in, in a situation, there's always going to be seed, then time, then a harvest, right? So God says, while this earth remains, there's seed, there's time, and then the harvest, right? So everybody say it with me. Say seed, time, harvest. And then he says, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So what God is saying is the, the, the seed time harvest, cold and winter, day and night, is not going to cease. Yeah. 
as long as this earth remains. Now, let me ask you this. In your mind, is that a promise from God? I can't hear y'all. Is that a promise from God? It is a promise from God that as long as the earth remains, we're going to have seed, time, and harvest. Now, the scripture is clearly telling us this, that as long as this earth is in existence, there will always be an opportunity for us to plant seed, time to go by, and then have a harvest. Now, the harvest is a promise from God that he, he backs with his own existence from the creation of time. That's your promise. Here's what I want you to understand. You don't need to be concerned about the harvest. Because God has already given you the promise that there will be a harvest, right? So here's the thing. When you sow your seed, what am I supposed to do now that I've sown my seed? When I sow my seed, and I'm not just talking about heart for the house, I'm talking about every week when you come in here and you sow your seed, it cannot be just a mundane routine practice where you just do it out of routine and you forget about what you're supposed to do now that you've sown your seed. And I'm about to tell you that. So when you sow your seed, you should expect a harvest. Anybody expecting a harvest? <laughs> Say this with me. Say, now that I've sown my seed... I'm supposed to expect a harvest. So between that expectation or the manifestation or the fulfillment of the harvest is this word called T-I-M-E. And guess what? Time is where we grow weary. So let me ask you this. Why would we grow weary in between the seed and the harvest? There's this space called time. Why do we go weary if the promise is that a harvest will exist? Anybody in there ever bought a house? I want to buy a house. So the process for buying a house, a piece of property or whatever, you know you got to go, you find the house, right? You get with the realtor, right? You find the house, right? You get with the realtor, you, ha you find the house, and then the realtor, you make sure all your banking stuff is correct and all of that, right? But then by the time you submit the contract, do you submit the contract and go to close on the same day? About how many days is there between the time you submit that contract, they accept it, and you go to close? That's about 30 to 60 days. If you're buying commercial properties, about 90 days, right? So there's something between the time you submit that contract, you, you, you plant that seed, that, that escrow money, that good earnest money, whether it be $100, $500, $5,000, because you ain't getting the contract without the seed. You're not, you're not, you're not, they're not promising you anything until you get that earnest money and that down payment, right? Whatever that escrow amount is. So between the time you do that and the time you go to close, there's this thing called time. Now, what I find interesting is that's a worldly secular thing, right? But we have full faith that if they say we're going to close in 30 days on November, what's the day day? 15th. On November 15th, none of us are losing sleep at night worrying about whether or not we're going to close. Because we believe the man when they said you're going to go to close on the 15th. Because we got the contract, we got signatures on the contract, we got a promise with the contract. We lose no soup, no sleep. No sleep. But when we plant our seed in the kingdom of God, why are we losing sleep over the seed that we planted while we waiting 
for the harvest. What it tells us is, Cleveland, we got more trust and faith in the system than we do our God who created systems. How do you trust a man who can lie over the God who says he cannot lie? Because how many of y'all know they have promises that day and then a lot of times something come up, we got to move your day. But we keep on trusting, we keep on believing despite the fact that the day is moved. We say, we going to close. But when it comes to our seed, what we're planting in the kingdom of God, whether it be your money, your treasure, your time, or your talent, no matter, we have a problem with waiting on God. That's why he said, be not weary in well-doing. He said, don't grow weary because there's a process of time. You're not supposed to be growing weary. You're supposed to be walking by faith and not by sight. That's what you're supposed to be doing, walking by faith and not by sight. And so how many of you are expecting a harvest from the seed that you planted? Somebody say, I'm expecting great things. We sing that all. How many of y'all are expecting great things? Not just from the heart of the house, but whatever you sowed this morning, how many of y'all put pressure on your seed? You have an expectation that your harvest, your, your offering will produce a harvest on your behalf. You all understand that we, you and I were not created to live by the world system. We're created to live by God's system. And God's system for prosperity is seed, time, and harvest. That's his system for prosperity. That's the principle. Okay, so now what do you have to do? You have to add your faith for it. Say, I must add my faith to my expectation that the harvest will manifest. Check this out, check this out. I have not yet met a farmer. Any farmers in here? I know we got one at LLI. Any farmers in here? Anybody know about farming? Anybody know about farming? Ooh, y'all, y'all some, none of y'all know about farming. Y'all some city slippers. No, nobody here know about farmer. Here's what I do know about a farmer. No farmer plants seed in the ground and then abandons the seed. Okay, some of that, Elder Dwayne, somebody missed that. I said no farmer plants seed in the ground and just abandons the seed. I have yet to talk to, meet any farmer who will plant seed in the ground and then leave the seed and do nothing else. Every farmer that I know about, because they want to harvest, even though they understand that inherent within the apple seed, the corn seed, the, the, the uh, okra seed, because y'all eating okra now, uh, the green seed, every farmer realizes that inherent within the seed the harvest already exists. That's why you can plant one apple seed and get multiple apples because the harvest is always greater than the seed that you planted. Y'all don't know. The harvest is always greater than what you planted. So then it tells us again, why am I concerned about the seed? Why is my focus on the seed? Because I planted a seed that's going to give a greater harvest than what I planted. No farmer is sitting there watching the seed. Is it going to grow? No, they're tending to the seed 
because there already is this built-in expectation of the harvest that's going to manifest. So what do they do? They tend to, they manicure, they take care of their seed. I came to tell you today that it, what you're supposed to be doing right now, what am I supposed to be doing right now? You're supposed to be tending to your seed. So you got to nurture your seed so that it produces its maximum harvest. So, so farmers, when they go out, they're not just planting the seed, get on their tractor and go and live in, in their house on the hill or wherever they live and do what they do and just leave the seed out there by itself. They're watching over their seed. They're taking care of the seed. So today I want to teach you how to nurture your seed so that it produces the maximum harvest. Anybody interested in receiving a maximum harvest? I want to teach you how to nurture the seed that you have planted. Because in the kingdom of God, I got to get y'all accustomed to living the way that God has caused you to live so that you don't depend on this system. You cannot depend on the system. Pastor Derek and I were looking at our portfolio, I think it was a couple of days ago, and no, I'm not about to tell y'all how much money in my portfolio. Y'all nosy. But we were looking at the money in our portfolio and realized it had about an eight to $9,000 drop because the market is all over the place. Did I panic? No, because I understand there's something called seed. All it's going to take is a little bit of time, and it's been proven. In the world, it's been proven that the market is going to swing back. It's, it's happened ever since we had a market. So I looked at it and I just declared, I declare this is going up in the name of Jesus. Some of y'all don't trust God because I don't live by that because even if it goes down, my, my faith is not in that system. My faith is in the God over the system. Some of y'all would have called your, your, what you call them people, the financial aid person, or not financial aid, financial advisor, not financial aid. Some of y'all would have called the financial advisor, give me my money, y'all ain't all in a panic. Without realizing that the moment you pull up that seed, you immediately lost $8,000. But if you just wait for the time, if you just wait for it to swing back up, it will increase. Because, Robert, it's been proven time after time after time again, the system has a cycle. It has a cycle. And in the kingdom of God, there's a system, there's a cycle that whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. So over here in Isaiah 55, 10 through 11, the Amplified Version, he says, For as the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return there without watering the earth. Wait a minute. The rain and the snow comes down from heaven. And the Bible says it will not return without watering the earth, making it bare. Now, what does the water need to do? It makes it bare and sprout. So the water causes the earth to grow, to bear fruit and to sprout. It has a goal. Your seed is engineered to produce a harvest just like this snow and water comes down to the earth. It is engineered to produce substance in the earth. And he says, and providing seed to the soil and bread to the eater. This is what God says. He says, so will my word be which goes out of my mouth. I will not, it will not return to me void. What God says about you planting your seed, it will not return to me void, useless, and without result. I got a question for you. What you concerned about? 
If you are a tither and a seed sower, what are you concerned about? Now, I got to tell you the truth in love. If you're not a tither and you're not a seed sower, you, you need to be concerned. Because that means that you are living by this system and not by his system. I got to help you because this world is not getting any better. And God's people have to learn how to really live by his system. Not just when things are good, but live by his system when you're not sure in the flesh how things are going. Do y'all realize they say home prices are going up? Electricity has gone up. Food prices has gone up. Guess what? All of that has gone up except your income. Who going to fill the gap? Where is the gap being filled? So either you're going to trust the system. Or, do you realize that the system is engineered for you to remain a slave to it? It is not engineered for you to prosper, but God's system is engineered for you to prosper. You got to live above the system, not in the system. JT back there hollering. I know it's good. I know that, that's good. JT said that's real right there. JT, you're going to be my hype man today. Come on out here on that piano. You're going to be my hype man today. Yeah, you got to learn how to live above the system because every time they give a cost of living increase, you notice how that increase does not match the increase of everything else that's going up, y'all better stop trusting this system. Used to be back in the day, Christian, they say, good government job. What good government job? Every time we turn around, every time, listen, every time we turn around, Nicole, they on furlough. Ain't no such thing as a good government job. It's my duty, it's my responsibility, it's my obligation, it's my love for you that I will train you and tell you your source is not this system. Your source is God. And you got to get in the system the way that God wants you in the system so that you can live above this system. Can't put your trust, Claude, in this system. This system will fail you. Because everything going up. Uh, 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 can I help y'all today? Because I'm a researcher. I'm an educator. I study things. Do you realize that y'all, some of y'all waiting for home prices to come down? They not. You waiting for food prices to come down? They're not. It's all subliminal. Check the system. Stuff don't come down. It just keeps going up. Companies are closing down right and left. Why haven't you started the job or the career or the business that God has told you so that you can become independently wealthy of the system? Why? Because you're scared. God has not given you a, a, a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. This is the greatest time for the church. This is the time for us to show off our God that God can allow you to live above all of this. When you gonna show off for God? He says, his word will not return to me void. Some of y'all don't believe that. His word is not going to return to me useless, without result. When God says something, it comes to pass. I'm going to ask you this question again. Why are we concerned about the seed 
Because already in the seed, the harvest exists. So if I understand that within the seed that I have planted, my harvest, Minister Rachel, already exists, then why am I concerned about the seed? Why is my focus on the seed? I got to shift my focus to the harvest. So I tend to the seed, but I focus on the harvest. Everybody say it with me, say, I must tend to my seed, but I'm going to focus on the harvest. He says, God's word would not, put the scripture back up, God's word would not return to me void, useless, without result, without accomplishing what I desire to accomplish, and without succeeding in the matter in which I sent it. In other words, God's saying that seed is going to do exactly what I established and what it's supposed to do. See, y'all miss your opportunity to shout. I don't know what, what you say, Pastor Jerry? Say it loud and say it proud. I like that. Look at somebody, slap somebody high five, say, say, my seed can't do nothing else but produce a harvest. Ooh, shata. Somebody say, oh, my seed can't do nothing else but produce a harvest. I dare somebody let that revelation in. Say, my seed can't do nothing else but produce a harvest. So I'm going to tend to my seed. I'm going to take care of my seed. I'm going to stay focused on the harvest. So you say, Pastor Tracy, how I tend to my seed? Well, you do what the farmer does, water your seed. How do you water your seed? Proverbs 18, 21 says, what comes out of your mouth has the power to give life or death. How do I water my seed? I water my seed with the words that come out of my mouth. Your words are important. Hebrews 11, 3 says, God framed the world by his words. So if God framed the world, he said, in the beginning, God said, and it was so. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God said, and it was so. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God said, and it was so. All we see is God said, and it was so, and then he saw. So what's my position in water and the sea? God said, and so it's so. God said, I'm watering my seed, and so it's so. God said, and so it's so. And then one day, I'm going to look up. God said, and then I saw God said, then I saw. You got to say what God says about your life, about your seed, about your circumstances. God said, and then I saw. Because what I found out is God ain't just saying stuff that you ain't going to see. That's why you got to say what God says about your life. You say what God says about your seed. You say what God says about your health. You say what God says about your children. You say what God says about your city. You say what God says about your community. You say what God says about your country. Because God said, because, I, because God said, I can say. What you say, Pastor Trey? See, religious folks, if you're religious, I'm about to blow you up. What's that little emoji? Boom, mind blown. Mind blown. Because we've been religiousized, if that's a word. False humility. How could you say you could say what God said? Because he told me to say what he said. How you could be that arrogant? I'm not arrogant, I'm just bold. 
I got confidence. That's a God kind of confidence. You think God in the beginning when he was calling those things that be not as though they were, you think God was sitting up there saying, well, I'm going to try to speak to the earth and see if it's going to produce some glass. I'm going to see. I don't know because you know I want to be humble. No, God said earth produced grass and it was so. So when I'm looking at my seeds, sometimes I open up my, back in the day you used to open up our checkbook. We don't do that no more. So when I go on my app and my little face, my little uh, face ID, it open up my app. And sometimes I just look at it and I'll speak to my account. I command you. Seven figures in Jesus' name. But I ain't just commanding without no seed. Because farmers don't water or speak to stuff where they ain't planting no seed. Because if they was out there speaking and watering to an earth that had no seed, they would be in a straitjacket. Christians be tripping. You ain't sown nothing. How you think you gonna get something? You won't sow no seed. You won't sow time. You won't sow talent. You won't sow nothing. And talking about I'm waiting on the Lord. You gonna be waiting, sis. Somebody say keep it real. Keep it real. Because. You can't, this is not a religion thing. This is a God thing. Amen? This is a God thing. So you got to water your seed with the words of your mouth. Father, I declare, you got to say what God says about your seed. The Bible says we've been created in the image of God. As a matter of fact, God told us, he said, you operate in the earth like I operate. Why would you think God told us, call those things that be not as though they were? When the earth was void and without form and darkness existed, Taylor, on the face of the earth, the Bible says God stepped on the scene and he brought light with him. Wherever there is chaos, God brings order. The Bible says in Genesis 1:26 that I was created in the image of an almighty God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 that I'm supposed to come boldly through the throne of grace so that I can obtain grace and mercy in the time of need. God's saying to me and you to act like he acts. So when, I, when my finances are in disarray, I act like God. I step on the scene and I bring order to my finances. And one of the, way that I, the ways that I bring order to my finances is I sow seed and then I get my behavior in order. Because some of y'all are killing your seed because of your spending habits. Gotta stop trying to impress people that you don't know with money you don't have. Because social media puts the pressure on people to the degree and to the point where you try to impress. Stay off of social media. Some of y'all can't handle it. Some of y'all can't handle it. You can't handle what you're seeing because it pushes and it provokes you to try to be what somebody else is, and you don't know how they're doing what they're doing. And I've been doing this long enough to know that most people really ain't doing like what they're showing you they're doing. Stunting for the ground when you need to stunt for Jesus. Look at what Proverbs 11:25 said. I'm just getting started. Don't nobody move. 
I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. Y'all ain't even having church now. Maybe I ought to teach two hours to make up for next week. <laughs> Proverbs, look, visitor, I'm not going to do that. Proverbs 11.25, look at what it says. It says, the generous man. I'm reading the Amplified Version. I don't know what version that is they have there, but I'm reading. It says, the generous man is a source of blessing. The generous man is a source. I'm waiting for y'all to get that. I'm, I'm still waiting on y'all. I'm, I'm waiting on y'all. I'm waiting for y'all. It ain't clicked with some of y'all yet, but we got time. I'm going to wait for you. The generous man, it does not say the generous man is a blessing. You got to use that flip-flop method of the Bible. What, it did not say generous, the generous man is a blessing. It said the generous man is a source. Being a blessing is limited. Being the source is unlimited. A generous man, the definite article, is the source. A blessing. That word blessing, when you bring it all down, it's like an empowerment to prosper. So not only is blessing, because we have a short-sighted view of the word blessing, not only is the word blessing about you being prosperous, but it's about you being empowered, a.k.a. Minister Rory, the source of the blessing. The generous man is a source of blessing. A source. That's what you call revelation. And now let me rewind that because I think initially I said the source, but he says a source. Why? Because God is ultimately the source, right? But you can become a source of blessing. So in that example Ava gave earlier, Ava and her spouse were a source of blessing for someone else. Whatever man sows, that will he also reap. So because she was a source of blessing for someone else, now God has turned around and caused somebody else to bless her. Now she don't have to use her funds to go because now she can still remain the source because God's called somebody else to pour into her. Y'all see how that works? The generous man is a source of blessing, like a reservoir of blessing. When I am generous, that means I ain't just giving one time. I am consistent in my sowing because that's what generosity is. Generosity is consistency. So he says a generous man, one who is consistent in growing, is a source, a reservoir of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched. So who gets to be prosperous and enriched? What kind of man? The generous man or woman is one is the one who gets to be prosperous and to be enriched. And he who waters, come on, and he who waters will himself be watered. Check this out. Ava, you ain't seen my lesson. Ava didn't even see my lesson, but she was all up into my lesson. He says, and he who waters will himself be watered, reaping the generosity he has sown. Yeah. 
Why are you focusing on your seed? Look at what the harvest produces. The harvest produces you as an unending source of generosity for somebody else. Now, y'all got to help me take this step a step further. Watch this, watch this. That means that if you can be a source and generous to other people and be a blessing to others, if I can take care of other people, that means it does not impact what I'm doing myself. Did y'all miss that? The only way for you to become a source is, the only way for you to get out of debt, the only way for you in the kingdom of God to live above this world system is you got to sow your way out of it. You got to sow your way above it. That's the kingdom of God. That's his principle. Why? Because God is teaching us that he's teaching us to depend on him as the source, not on us. That's what he's teaching us. He's teaching us, he's saying, you need to depend on me, not the paycheck you got. Your paycheck ain't already ain't helping you enough. It, it already ain't working for you. What y'all saying? Y'all mama, come speak, speak to me. I don't know what he's saying, but it sounded good. <laughs> so you got to water your seeds. Say, I must water my seeds. Here's number two. Here's number two. You got to speak to your seed. See, in watering your seed, you're speaking to your seed. Why? Because faith is voice activated. Mark 11, 23, 24 say, you shall have whatever you shall say. How do I water my seed? I speak to it. Because I'm going to have whatever I say. Some of y'all planted your seed and you done pulled it up already. I can't believe I planted that seed. I need that money up. Because doubt will uproot your seed. You got to say what God says. Find you a scripture and say what God says. You could go with, God, you said whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. I've sown my seed, so I thank you, Father, that I'm reaping the harvest in Jesus' name. If you can only say that because you don't know what else to say, then say that. Say what God says about your seed. Stop focusing on the seed and focus on your harvest. Because inherent within the seed, the harvest already exists. When you go to plant, I planted some flowers. And my daughter, she always talking about you don't have a green thumb. I say, I don't care about it. Don't have, don't need to have a color. I figured out. My thumb is brown, but me and Jesus, we're going to figure this out. And so I planted some flowers. But I promise you, when I planted them, I was not Shamika standing over my garden in my front yard every single week. When y'all going to grow? When y'all going to grow? I have not paid attention to that stuff since June. Now, in the meantime, in between time, Pastor Derek, not me, he waters the flowers every day. He waters them. Since when I planted those flowers? In June. Uh, we had a high degree of heat. How long? About all summer long. We even had days they said you couldn't water. But because Pastor Derek had watered the seeds so much before it got hot, before the, 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 the drought came, 
everybody's grass was brown, ours was still green. Why? Because before the drought hit, he had put so much water on the seed that underground stuff was working to my advantage, and I did not even know it. So I go away for two weeks. Pastor Derek, did you water the lawn in two, for the two weeks I've been gone? Very little, he said. I go away and I come back. The garden is growing across the sidewalk. <laughs> Through the drought, because it had a root system, something was established and built in those plow flowers and in that grass that even the drought could not could not destroy my grass or my garden. The problem with some believers is that you ain't watering your seed enough to handle the circumstances of life that come your way. Pity pat, pity pat, pity pat. You got to water your seed. You got to speak to your seed. You can't wait to speak to the seed when you feel like you don't have enough. You speak to the seed now. You say what God says about your seed. Father, I thank you for my harvest in the name of Jesus. And then number, number three, you got to fertilize your seed. Say, I must fertilize my seed. Now, what's the purpose of fertilize? I had to study this because I just heard Holy Spirit say, tell my people to fertilize their seed. So I had to go study fertilizer because I'm not a farmer. I, I don't understand how this works. But when I looked up fertilizer, it says fertilizer provides plants the nutrients that is lacking. And then I went on further to study and it said that when a farmer pulls up or a gardener pulls up the plant, what happens is when you pull up the plant, some of the nutrients from the soil goes with the plant. So the reason why people use fertilizer is to replenish the nutrients that was taken out with the plant. So fertilizer is like a boost that gives the soil what the plant needs to grow. But it not only gives the soil what the plant needs to go, it needs to grow, it actually replenishes what was taken out. This is why you got to keep, so after you sow, you keep on sowing, that's like the fertilizer. Because it's replenishing. So you get the harvest, I keep on sowing. I'm replenishing. I get the harvest, I keep on sowing. I get the harvest, I keep on sowing. Because every time I keep on sowing, I'm boosting the soil of my ground. What is the soil for the believer? The soil is the equivalent to your heart. And soil needs to remain good. It needs to remain healthy in order for the seed to grow. I heard that Pastor Terry and Jared was going to be talking about this heart thing in the soil of your heart this week at Bible study. Some of y'all might want to be here. See, you cannot be murmuring and complaining. Can't have unforgiveness and bitterness and strife in your heart and gossiping. You know why? Because all this stuff corrupts the seed. And it stifles the seed from growing because you are confusing your faith. People who are in faith don't have time to complain. People who are in faith don't have time to backbite. People who are in faith don't have time to gossip. People who are in faith don't have time to talk about what well, ain't did this and that. No, you're too busy focused on your faith. All my energy goes to the faith for my seed. 
Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, whenever you are saying stuff that is negative, it is counterproductive to your seed producing a good harvest. Because seed has to be sown into what type of ground? Good ground. And if your heart is corrupt, your ground is not good. And guess what? You can sow and sow and sow and never reap a harvest because the ground ain't good. See, all this stuff works together. So how do I keep the heart, my soul, the heart of my heart good? How do I keep my ground good? You got to keep it good through prayer. Excuse me. You got to keep it good through prayer. You keep it good through fasting. Study of God's word. Watch this. You keep it good through serving. Keep it good through serving because serving teaches you how to put others above yourself. And a principle in the word of God is to prefer your brother above yourself. Well, I ain't, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't see why we got to serve. Ain't nobody doing nothing for me. That's your problem right there. Because we only get what we sow. You want somebody to serve you, but you won't serve. That don't work in the kingdom. You want somebody to take care of you, but you won't take care of nobody else. That don't work in the kingdom. Are we going to be kingdom people? Then we got to live the kingdom way. So church attendance. Being consistent in church. Being consistent at Bible study. Let me ask you a question. How, what would possess you as a believer to sit at home with nothing to do instead of coming to church or coming to Bible study? That is an indication of where your heart is. It's not important to you. I love y'all today. But I got to tell you the truth. I'm trying to, do you realize I'm trying to tell you how to live the good life? The blessed life, the on top life. Anybody want to do more than what they're doing in life right now? Anybody want to go further in life? Anybody want more than what they have right now so that you can be a blessing? Where are you? I'm trying to tell you how to do it. Because what the Bible teaches us, the Bible says that he that humbles himself is the one that's going to be exalted. Who gets to be exalted in the kingdom of God? The one who humbles himself. Who gets to be prosperous in the kingdom of God? The one who sows. That's the kingdom way, not the world way. We have to stop being so inundated by this culture that we're confusing the kingdom with the culture. You are not people of this world. You are people of the kingdom of God. And then finally, you got to protect your seed. You got to water your seed. You got to speak to your seed. You got to fertilize your seed. You got to protect your seed. How do I protect my seed? Well, just like a farmer, you keep your eye on your seed to make sure that weeds are not growing in your seed. That goes back to keeping your heart right. Guess what else it goes back to? It goes back to removing yourself from the people who would tell you stuff like, I can't believe you sold that. You got to keep yourself away from the people. All that church want is your money. You got to keep yourself away from people I don't even understand. All Beyonce wanted your money and you was willing to give that and what you got from it, nothing. Y'all see how we do, God? I'm not talking, somebody said dirty. I'm not talking about people in the world. I'm talking about on social media. I have watched the same people 
who get up and talk about, I don't go to church because the church just wants your money. The church did all the failures in their mind of the church, this, that, and the third. But you willingly gave Beyonce. You ran across the country and gave Beyonce $1,000 for a ticket, $400 uh, for an uh, for $1,000 for a ticket to the concert, $400 for a ticket to get to the concert, another $300 on an outfit, and then whatever else you paid for a hotel. But you, as a Christian, you got the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated gall to say that you're not going to give God nothing. Who are you? Who are you? As Christians, we got to change what we're doing. Somebody say she mad. No, there's a holy indignation, a righteous indignation. When I watch believers who will prefer the world system over the godly system of the same God you say you love and honor, there's a righteous indignation that comes upon me, the same kind that came upon Jesus when he flipped over the tables when they were, used, when they were do doing what they should not have been done in the temple. You are the temple. I came, over to, I came today to flip the table of your personal temple. Your personal temple. Because what we want in the kingdom of God, y'all want us to tattoo y'all. Everybody operating in a fence. The Bible is a, a book of principles. Principles that you are ordained to live by. Everybody on this side saved. I don't know what happened to the rest of y'all. There's a righteous indignation that ought to come upon us as believers. And I'm not talking about judging and condemning people. Because I'm not into that either. Or coercing people. Not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying what I'm saying because I want to trigger you. And, I, and the triggering is for a goal so you have a testimony. I want to trigger you. To stop allowing the world and the system of the world to lead you. And I want you to transfer yourself from this culture into the kingdom mentality. As a kingdom citizen, this is what I do. I'm not a citizen of this world. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. Because there's nothing good coming upon this land. And you're going to have to have the word to stand on, not your emotions. Your emotion is not going to last. So you got to protect your heart. And in protecting your heart, you're protecting your seed. So I'll close with this. How do I protect my seed and protect my heart, Pastor Tracy? You got to keep yourself from growing weary and well-doing. Growing weary is a seed too. The Bible did not say get weary, it said grow. So it, call, it starts somewhere. You cannot grow weary. What's a good example of growing weary? Well, I don't feel like going to church today. There's a seed that has been planted. There's a seed. And then the next Sunday, you know it's easier for you not to be there. There's a seed that's growing. So you got to protect your heart because it's the soil for your seed to produce. So I protect my heart and I say, you know what? 
whether I feel like it or not. And some of y'all, it's time for you to grow up. You're not on the milk of the word. You got to go to the meat of the word and you got to stop of serving God out of your emotions and serving out of your obedience and love for him. I go to church whether I feel like it or not. I serve God whether I feel like it or not. I pay my tithes, I return my tithes to God whether I feel like it or not. I give offering whether I feel like it or not because I live by principle, not by feeling. I have nothing to do with how I feel. It has to do with who I am. Compromise. Don't co compromise it will contaminate your soil. Sin, disobedience, works of the flesh, worry, doubt, negative confessions, wavering, wavering, all that stuff corrupts your seed. So you say, Pastor Tracy, what do I do to protect my seed? You got to water it with what the word says. You got to protect your seed. You got to call those things that be not as though they were. You got to keep your focus on the harvest and not the seed. I tend to my seed, but I don't focus on the seed. I focus on the harvest. Because when you focus on the harvest, that's where your faith is. And the Bible says, the just shall live by, without faith it is impossible to please God. Never forget this. Inherent within every seed is the potential for the harvest. When you take care of your seed, when you don't take care of your seed, rather, guess what you do? You destroy your harvest. I'll say it again. Care for your seed. Tend for to your seed. Well, focus on your harvest. Last scripture, Deuteronomy 8, chapter 11. I want to read this to you in Message Bible, and we're going to close right here. Did y'all get something today? How many of y'all going to care for your seed? It's my goal to teach you how to live a kingdom life. Because the kingdom, living a kingdom life is really like Peter walking on water. You'll live above the situations and circumstances of this life. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11. I wanted to read this to you because this is where I see a lot of believers make a mistake. No different than the children of Israel. Look at what God says. He says, make sure you don't forget God. Your God, say he's my God, by not keeping his commandments. So when we don't keep the commandments, but God says we forget him. Make sure that you don't forget your God by not keeping his commandments, his rules and regulations that I command you today. Make sure that when you eat and are satisfied, we're the blessed people of God. Because some of us have been working this principle and we're eating and we're satisfied and we're blessed and we're living on top. We got good jobs, new jobs, promotions on jobs. We got businesses. We got income coming from other places. We got other sources of income. We got multiple in streams of income. He says, look, when you're eating and you are satisfied and you build your good houses and you settle into this principle-driven life where you're having that good life, that sweet life, that high life, he says, when you see your herds or your bank accounts flourish and more and more money come in, he says, watch your standard of living going, and you're watching your standard of living going up. Anybody had their standard of living increase since you've been operating the principles? He said, and you watch your standard of living going up and up. Make sure, everybody say make sure. Make sure. You don't become so full of yourself. Watch it. 
It's the same warning he gave the children of Israel after he delivered them. Same warning. Took them out of the bondage of Egypt into the promised land. He said, when you get to this good life, to the promised land, the land of more than enough, the land of you ain't got to worry about a thing, the land of you're operating the principles and your life is blessed, your family is blessed, your bank account is blessed, your children are blessed, you're living the life that represents God. He says, make sure you don't become so full of yourself and your things that you forget God. AKA bringing it down to real life where we live. Make sure that you don't allow your job to keep you out of church. Now I understand people got to work some Sundays, but sometimes instead of trusting God, there was somebody called me this morning, a person who is self-employed, called me this morning to tell me uh, that they not coming to church because they got to go to work. You self-employed. How many of y'all know I'm going to have a conversation with that person later? Because that tells me that you're putting your faith. Now, this wasn't the first time this person did it. I've seen a pattern. Because one time is a different story, but I've seen a pattern. Because what that tells me is you got your confidence in that job that you control. Make sure you don't become so full of yourself and your things that you forget God. Your God, the God who delivered you out of bondage and slavery, the God who led you through that huge and fearsome wilderness when you ain't had none, the one who was holding your hand and walking you through that and making sure that you kept your mind, making sure that you had food, making sure that your health was restored. That same God making sure that when you were desolate, when you were in the barren land, when you were crawling through the place of fiery snakes and scorpions, when life wasn't so good, the God who gave you water gushing from a hard rock, when you didn't know that's the same God that makes a way out of no way, the God who gave you manna in the wilderness, when you didn't know where you was going to get it from, God called somebody to use their power, their ability, and their influence on your behalf. He says, the, something your ancestors had never heard of. When God did something for you that your eyes didn't see, neither did anybody around you eyes see, because he's the God that will do the impossible. He says, in order to give you a taste of the hard life to prove you, he says, so that you would be prepared to live well in the days ahead of you. He said, don't forget. Because when you're going through the hard stuff, it's time for God. He, there's a proving going on. And God said, when you pass the proving, don't forget what I've done for you. Don't now exchange the glory that I've given you for your own grace to do what you want to do. Don't forget. Because some of us living that life, God said, the worst thing you can do is forget what I've done for you. Every, every person standing in this building today, God say, don't forget. Because I promise you, as I go, the people go. Amen? As long as you practice in the principle, God is getting ready to transfer some wealth into some of y'all. But you got to obey what God is telling you because the, the mistake that believers make all the time, Y'all can come get this. The mistake that the believers make all the time is we, we allow God to bless us and then we forget. And then the same stuff that God blessed us with becomes our God. I'm serving that stuff more than I'm serving God. God say, don't forget. Don't forget. 
I got good news for you. You keep on watering that seed. By the time that new year roll around, you're going to be living a different life. Your faith and trust is not in this system. Keep your promises to God. Live a principle-driven life. And I promise you, you'll have the kind of peace that surpasses all understanding. All understanding. I looked at my aunt in the hospital yesterday, and there was a peace upon her. She said, it is well. That is somebody who is rooted and established. Doctor, just tell me what you need to do, because I already know it's well. In Jesus' name, somebody say, it is well. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to connect with you. To connect and find out more about Lift City Church, text Connect Me, all one word, to 337-227-9820 or visit us at liftcitychurch.org.